So as uh, you've gathered by now, we are talking this morning about fostering and adoption. So I thought it'd be good to take a look at fostering and adoption from God's perspective. Because it's easy for us to think that fostering adoption is just another good thing for us to be involved in, like many other good things that we could do. And it is a good thing for us to be involved in. But this morning, I want us to think a bit about why for us as Christians, it's actually a bit more than that. We're going to look at what the Bible has to say, but I want us to be looking at it from a slightly different angle than perhaps we usually do. Because it's easy to think of the Bible as primarily a kind of instruction manual of do's and don'ts. And it certainly includes that. Or as a kind of promise box with lots of nice verses to encourage us. And it certainly includes that. Or a kind of theology book that tells us what we ought to believe. And of course it includes some of that as well. But the role of the Bible that I want us to think about this morning is what it tells us about who God is and what God is like. God gave us the Bible and the stories in the Bible and the interactions of God with people in the Bible. He gave us all of that as a window or a lens into who he is and what he's like. So we can get to know him, his nature and his character and how he thinks and feels about things, what's important to him and why how he relates to us, how he thinks about us, how he thinks about his world, who he calls us to be and what he calls us to do as his people. And the reason it's so important for us to understand what God is like in his nature and his character is because that is what he wants us to be like in our nature and character as well. His goal for us is that we should increasingly be more and more like him, that we should imitate him in this world, to continuously be asking ourselves, how is my life measuring up against the kind of person Jesus would be and the kind of things that Jesus would do if he was me in my situation living my life? Now, Lynn and I did children's ministry for many years, many years ago now, and while we were doing that, I used to write lots of kids' songs, and one of them was called More Like You. What would Jesus say now if he was me? What would Jesus do? What would he want me to? What would Jesus think? What would his thoughts be? Because being like Jesus is what I want to be. I want to be more like you, to think, to speak more like you. I want to be more like you, doing and being, Lord, more like you. Nowadays, of course, I would say, I want to, rather than I wanna. My PhD supervisor would not be happy if there were lots of wanners in my thesis. But the point of the song was that Romans 8.29 tells us that God predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son. In other words, our destiny is to be conformed to his image, which means to be changed so we become more like Jesus. Colossians 1.15 tells us that Jesus is the exact living image of the invisible God. 
So Jesus is what God looks like in human form. So being like Jesus and doing like Jesus is what we are called to be and to do ourselves. Loving people as Jesus did, welcoming people as Jesus did, forgiving people as Jesus did, extending grace and mercy and compassion as Jesus did, being kind like Jesus, praying like Jesus, being a servant like Jesus, and laying down our lives and laying down our rights like Jesus. Being like God, being like Jesus, in every which way that we can in how we live in this world. Genesis 1 tells us that as human beings, we were made in the image of God. But that image has become tarnished and distorted and damaged by sin and disobedience and selfishness. But our destiny in God's salvation plan is for that image of God in us that is still there below all that grime and all that muck. For that image of God to be restored, like cleaning and repairing a dirty and damaged oil painting for us to be once again conformed to the image that he intended for us, which is to be his sons and daughters, to be and to do like Jesus. So whenever the Bible encourages us to be like something or to do something or to be for something, the reason it's saying that is because that's what God is like and the things that he does and the things that he is for. So, for example, the reason that God wants to bring the fruit of the Spirit into our lives, Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, is not just so that we will become nicer people. It's because that's what God himself is like. He is loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled towards us. So it's saying that that is the kind of fruit that will naturally come about in our lives if we allow the Holy Spirit to take up residence, if we cooperate with him and we allow him to take charge. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we will be transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Another translation says that the Holy Spirit will make us more and more like him, changed into his likeness. That is our destiny. That is the goal for us as Christians. Not just to believe the right things. Not just to do good things. Not just to be nicer people. But to be more and more like Jesus. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. Or as one translation puts it, do as God would do. Okay, so what does it look like for us to be like him and to imitate him and to do what he would do in relation to fostering and adoption? Well, let's start with something that might have escaped your attention. Jesus himself was adopted. Now, because of his supernatural conception by the Holy Spirit, he wouldn't have had a father in his life if Joseph hadn't agreed to adopt him. Mary gets massive credit as uh, Jesus' mother. 
you can imagine all those snide whispers and, and remarks about how she got pregnant that she must have had to go through. But so too, Joseph deserves massive credit for adopting Jesus, for bringing him up and loving him as his own son. You could say that Joseph is the unsung hero in the nativity. And then going back a bit further in the biblical story, Moses was also adopted. The Moses who led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt in the story of the Passover and the Exodus. Now, theologically, Moses was what we call a type or a picture of Christ. In Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. Uh, the technical word for that is that Moses prefigured Jesus. That is our long word of the day, prefigured. A.W. Pink wrote a book in which he went through 75 different ways in which Moses was this type or picture of Jesus. And one of those was being adopted. I didn't really need to mention Arthur Walkington Pink at this point, and especially not to put up his picture. It was uh, a bit gratuitous, to be honest, but you would have to agree, surely, that he has one of the coolest names ever. <laughs> now, we see throughout the Bible story that God is a father who adopts us as his people, who welcomes us into his family, and who delights in us becoming like him and imitating him. And I don't have much time this morning, but I want us just to do a very quick whistle-stop tour of some of the key Bible verses. Galatians 4, when the right time came, God sent his son so that he could adopt us as his very own children. John 1, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Romans 8, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. That isn't the nature of our relationship with him. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are also his heirs. 2 Corinthians 6, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And when Paul writes this to the church in Corinth in the New Testament, he's quoting from no less than four Old Testament passages that say exactly this. 2 Samuel, 1 Chronicles, Isaiah and Hosea. Deuteronomy 10.18 says that God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and he loves the foreigner residing among you giving them food and clothing. That's a great verse to encourage those of us who are involved in imitating God by welcoming and caring for refugees. Psalm 68, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. He sets the lonely in families. And because that's who God is and what he does, that's why Psalm 82 tells us to defend the weak and the fatherless and uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. And then last but not least, James, the brother of Jesus and the leader of the early church in Jerusalem, 
He said, the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Do you get the picture? Do you see a pattern here in these verses? Fostering and adoption is on the heart of God. Fostering and adoption is a characteristic of who God is and what he's like and what he cares about. Demonstrated by God having fostered and adopted us. So we too should be like him in this world. John 8, 29, Jesus said, I always do what pleases him. In 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul says, we have as our ambition, we make it our goal to be pleasing to him. We do the stuff that pleases him. We do the stuff that makes us more and more like him. So practically speaking, what are we saying? Is everybody here called to foster and adopt? No, we're not saying that. What we are saying is that everyone here is called to be like our Heavenly Father. To be like the kind of loving Heavenly Father that those Bible verses were talking about. To be people who are like that because God is like that. Defending the cause of the fatherless and the widow. Loving the foreigner residing among us. Helping to set the lonely in families and looking after orphans and widows in their distress. Now Liz and Trevor and Kathy and the rest of the SMILE team can tell us what that looks like in practice. For some of us, God may well be calling us to foster or adopt. And that's great. You will know who you are and even if it's just an inkling at this stage, that will just grow within you. And for those of us who aren't called to foster and adopt ourselves, we are called to love and support and serve those who are. And again, the SMILE team can tell us what that looks like, how we can get involved in loving and supporting and serving them. Because that is how we will be imitating Jesus. That's how we will be doing what pleases him. How we become like our fostering and adopting God. And we do it by making it into a team game. You've probably heard that African proverb that it takes a village to raise a child. Well, we in Ellsbury Vineyard are that village. <laughs>